Well, I've been affiliated with this church for about uh, uh, 45, 46 years. I spent uh, 18 years in segments in the deacons, six years in the trustees, nine years on the long-range planning committee, and many other functions in this church. But I am standing before you now, woefully inadequate to stand in this pulpit. But I pray to God to give me the strength and the wisdom of words to get a message across. Today is January 29th, my father's birthday. If he were alive, he'd be 95 this year. Now, my parents had a profound effect on my growth as a young man and as a Christian. My mother once told me, you should study to be a pastor. I said, yeah, Ma, right. In my young teenage years, that would not have worked out so well. But in some small way, standing here today, her dreams are somewhat fulfilled. If only on a small scale. My Christian journey began when I was five years old. Same age as my great-grandson, Logan. I didn't fully understand it, but a man by the name of Jim Bates told me that Jesus loved me, and he loved me since the time I was born. Now, how does a five-year-old comprehend that? Pretty tough. But Jim told me he knew me before I was born. And my uh, journey with Jesus Christ started at that time, no matter how small or how childlike but began when I was five years old. So you're never too young, and you're never too old. The, uh, the title of my message today is, Where to, Dear Jesus? I have a number of scriptures which I did not get to the board in time. We'll start by reading John 15, verses 4 and 5. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must be in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I am him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he will do nothing. That's how Jesus spoke to me. For three years, Jesus taught what is now to us, the Bible. In those days, they had the law, which is the Old Testament, but uh, no printed matter uh, for the Gospels or the New Testament. So everything was kind of word of mouth. He taught us how to live and how to love and how to pray. Jesus Christ was a perfect man in an imperfect world. Teaching us how to live, he chose 12 disciples, common men, to learn his words. 
He charged them to carry on in the world after his death on the cross. His death on the cross washed away our sins, the sins of all believers then and now. And just like that, my sins are forgiven. It works that way for you, too. Just like that, you and I are forgiven. What an awesome thought. But the world still needed to hear the words. So his disciples went forth into the world in different directions, sharing what they had been taught. Now all of the disciples faced a certain amount of persecution, taunting, and ridicule, and all eventually were killed standing up for their faith. Andrew was crucified. Bartholomew skinned alive and then crucified. James was beheaded. James the Lesser was stoned to death. John died natural death, the only disciple to die a natural death. Jude was beaten with clubs and crucified. Judas as you know, killed himself for betraying Christ. Matthew was staked and speared to the ground. Simon Peter crucified. Philip tortured and impaled with iron hooks. Simon sawed in half. Thomas was speared to death. Now those are prices to pay that we're probably not going to have to pay. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous to think about men of God being so treated. But at that point in time, Christianity was something to be feared by the Romans. But think about the changes that Jesus Christ and his disciples brought upon this earth. How about if every generation were to produce 12 men or women to go into the world to preach the gospel? What kind of impact would that have had going through the ages? And I wonder about how we, as believing Christians, can have a similar impact on our small corner of the world. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now to me, that's a, that's a call to service. That's a call asking me, what can I do beyond just being me? Well, the Lord will tell you if you just open your heart to him. You know what an oh my God moment is? Now, The children's word talked about good things and bad things. When you mix them all together, they come out pretty good. Well, here are some bad things. An oh my God moment is is when something terrible happens and all of us look for words and reasons to explain what happened, often looking skyward and praying. Pearl Harbor would have been one such event. Anyone who heard about the news reports of the bombing in Pearl Harbor were, oh my God, 
and began praying for all those service people that lost their lives. The Holocaust, where six million Jews were killed at the hands of a, a madman simply for their belief in God. We cried and we prayed. Now most of us were not, I don't think any of us were alive for those two instances, but still history recalls for us to understand that something very evil happened. More along the lines of something we do remember would be September 11th, 2001. The bombing of the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, the plane crash in Pennsylvania. Oh my God, how could such a thing happen? The mass shootings, we're, we're hearing about them like every day. People being shot for no reason, for gathering and just having fun or praising their God. In Rochester alone last year, 76 people were killed, murdered. There were 400 people that were shot. You say, oh my God, what's, what's, what's this world coming through? Most of us were not present for these events. What could we have done to keep that from happening? We learned about them through TV, social media, and the like. But the evil that exists caused us to pause and to say, oh my God. What most of us witnessed just about a couple of weeks ago on a football field in Cincinnati, Ohio. The injury to number three, Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills, no malice, no evil, no hate, just competition, and it just happened. The young man fell to the field, not moving, and his heart stopped. And we said, oh my God, incredible. 200 football players and coaches and football personnel surrounded this young man in prayer. Ironically, 70,000 fans never left the stadium in stunned silence and made, and made makeshift signs that said, pray for number three. In the presence of millions of people on TV, prayers were obvious. God was there. And as we all know, prayers were answered. So what's my point with all this? We as Christians are called to show our love of God, to wear our Christianity in our daily lives and on our sleeves. How do we do that? How do we make an impact on some of these things that are happening? Well, you probably say grace at every meal in private. Do you do it in public? If you have, you have noticed how the waitress will stop and wait until you finish. People in the surrounding tables will notice what you've done. That's wearing your Christianity on your sleeve. That's expressing yourself and showing God's love. Be supportive and helpful of your fellow man. Pray together for those in need and prayer. And let those know that you're let those know that the ones you're praying for that you are praying for them. Be a visible Christian. 
brings to mind a song that we all knew as a child. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. And I think about a friend of mine who passed last year. And as irony would have it, he sang that song this morning. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Well, that's all Reverend Rick or Deacon Dauber has to say this morning. <laughs> Still unprepared, but blessed by God to bring this message to you. I'd like to say a quick prayer. Dear Lord, it is by your hands that we are here. It is by your love that we continue to prosper as a church and to continue to grow. We continue to ask your blessings on your church family and on our individual families and to do so with the love that we show to you. By your hands we are fed. We ask your prayers. We ask your blessings. In your precious and holy name, amen.